Welcome, 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 welcome to the Modern Medicine Movement Podcast. Super pumped, super grateful, super excited to be with you guys. Oh my gosh, another day, another week, another month. We're coming the home stretch towards the end of the year. Holy moly, it is almost October. And we are, oh my gosh, just charging right through this year. It's amazing. I'm so grateful to be back. So grateful to be with you. I uh, took a couple weeks off, did a bunch of traveling, and uh, it's so nice to be back home in the mainland USA for a little bit before I go back out to Hawaii next week. Um, Just been able to see some family, some good friends, do a work trip with my wife out of the country to Mexico. Maybe many of you guys uh, saw me out there, saw a few of you. It was super fun to enjoy that tropical paradise. And oh my gosh, whoever was there just knows what an incredible place, what an incredible people that were so gracious, so welcoming. Oh my gosh, I forgot how much I love Mexico. And it was so nice to hablar el español, de estar ahí con ellos. It was so awesome. So much fun and just was just a sweet trip with my wife and some friends and work colleagues. And uh, anyway, if I got to see you there, it was awesome. If you weren't there, maybe you can join us next year. Um, It was awesome. But uh, so nice to be um, with family now again and uh, just nice to be here with you. Sorry I missed a couple weeks, just a lot going on with travel and I don't take my podcasting equipment with me. So I'm pumped to be here, pumped to be back. We have an exciting future ahead, lots coming up, lots going on. As many of you know, we just ended recently a challenge, which was the Real Food Challenge, which was awesome. And um, as a special offer, I gave you guys 100, 100, you know, dollars off my my awesome health course and weight loss program, which is $197. You can get it for half of that for only $97 as part of participating in that challenge. Um, I'll post up the link here and you can go ahead and grab that because we are soon going to be starting our monthly just awesome access coaching program, health coaching, health, you know, just um, VIP program really for you guys. It's uh it's going to be awesome. I'm going to be going through all those modules that are in my program one by one, just full on deep dive where you guys can join me twice a month live for Zoom calls. We'll be posting up regular content. I'll have office hours every week where I'll answer your questions and it's just going to be awesome. I so look forward to doing this. There's a couple of computer glitches I'm trying to work out to make sure that it is full on, ready to go for you, which will be real soon. And we are offering it at much less than half of the price of other health peeps out there that do a similar thing that uh, do, you know, a little a program for you, a little VIP program. And I just want to extend this to all you guys so that it will be affordable. It will be something that much more of you can participate in. And instead of, you know, charging 50 or 70 bucks a month, which is done by other peeps in this industry, I'm going, even though, you know, my time is valuable, like all of ours is as a medical doctor, and nonetheless, with all my experience, I'm going to give it to you for only $27 a month, at least for now. Um, I'm going to do this. Hopefully, I can keep doing it at this same price, and it really depends on how many of you guys get signed up. 
So if you haven't already um, sent me a message saying you're interested, just send me either a message on Facebook, Instagram, or just email me and I'll make sure that you know as soon as this program is available at that absolute low cost of 27 bucks a month, you can get me live <laughs> a couple times a month as well as uh, a chance to answer your questions weekly and a bunch of extra content. It's going to be awesome. You can email me at modernmedicinemovementpodcast at gmail or reach out to me at Aloha Surf Doc or Modern Medicine Movement uh, on uh, Insta or on Facebook as well, and we'll get you all the details for that. So super pumped about that. If you haven't joined my Facebook group, which is free, it's the Modern Medicine Movement Health and Wellness Facebook group. You should join that as well. Um, and you guys are here. You're already subscribed, I hope, to the podcast. I hope you've written a review because we just need a couple more Post it up on Apple Podcasts because I'm going to be giving away an absolutely free course to one of you lucky peeps, and uh, it may be you, and it may be a sweet person who left me a recent review that I'll share by A. Yawila, five-star review entitled, Thanks for Keeping It Real, and it states, quote, natural remedies, natural holistic health, reminders of simply being present in nature with diet and movement. Under the sun, love being made aware of the importance of our immune system function with an understanding of our diet. So thank you, thank you, A. Yawila, for that awesome review. I do try to keep it real. I do try to keep it simple. And yeah, natural remedies and holistic health. It's, we're all about that. And I love how you mentioned movement under the sun, which is actually something we're going to be talking about today in this podcast. I just thought it would be so fun to share with you something that's been on my mind recently and we're going to just get into it. So once again, welcome, welcome, welcome to this week's episode of the Modern Medicine Movement Podcast. We're going to talk all about the sun and sunscreen and sun protection and skin cancer and a whole bunch of stuff that we should all care about because many of us uh, love the sun like I do. And I certainly don't want skin cancer. You know, it's funny, my uh, Australian uh, counterparts, they use the uh, expression sun baking, <laughs> which I think is kind of funny because it's not really the euphemistic expression we use here in the U.S. of sun bathing, but literally they say sun baking. And, and that might be the case if you spend too long in the sun, which I am not advocating on this show. <laughs> I'm advocating for purposeful and, you know, sufficient sun exposure so we can get our vitamin D levels up because we all know how important vitamin D is. It is so stinking important, especially in these days of infectious diseases like the, you know, the virus that's out there. It's been shown that those that have normal to elevated levels of vitamin D have way less severe COVID, way less severe. And it's you know, something that improves all areas of immune health. So we definitely want to get our vitamin D levels up in addition to all the other usual protections, which we should be doing anytime there's a virus in town. So we want to get our vitamin D levels up. We want to do this in a natural way, if at all possible, but we don't want to overdo it, right? It's kind of that Goldilocks phenomenon. We want exactly the right amount, not too little, and not too much, because too much may cause problems, right? We know that uh, UVA and UVB um, light from the sun is that which causes sunburn, for example, especially the UVB, and they both can increase our incidence if we get way too much of it for 
problems down the road, which are, of course, you know, the DNA damage that leads to potentially skin cancer, especially with respect to the most common forms of skin cancer, which is basal cell. You guys may have heard of that. Those are usually those kind of pearly clear kind of bumps that you get on your nose or on your face or other skin areas that are, you know, out in the sun a lot, uh, basal cell uh, carcinoma or basal cell skin cancer. And the other most common after basal cell is squamous cell uh, skin cancer, squamous cell carcinoma. And these tend to be uh, about as directly related to sun exposure as you can get. And so if you get way too much over the years and you don't have any kind of protection like I do right now with my hat on and a shirt on. <laughs> I was going to podcast actually as an aside out in the sun, but uh, usually my podcasts are kind of long, you know, more than the 10 to 15 minutes. That's kind of ideal in the middle of the day to get the proper sun exposure to get your vitamin D levels up. And so I figured that might be a little bit overdoing it. So I put my hat on, put my shirt on and came inside for a little bit of sun protection while I podcast to you live in the heat of the day, and it's like 90 degrees out there, <laughs> and 98% humidity last I checked, so I want to be indoors anyway with the AC at the moment, but in any case, um, we all know about uh, the potential downside of too much sun, which in the short term is something we may have had called sunburn, right? It's that redness, that erythema, that edema, that little bit of skin swelling redness that we get largely from too much sun exposure, UVA, and especially UVB, tends to produce that sunburn. And if you're getting sunburn, something you're not doing quite right because sunburn can be not only painful, right? I've seen people literally come into the ER with super painful sunburn. And they're like, oh my gosh, you know, I can't sleep. I can't, you know, get comfortable. And that is not what you want. Not only because it's painful and uncomfortable, but that is what predisposes you to more potential for cancer down the road is these extra bad sunburns. So you definitely don't want that. In fact, what's super interesting is melanoma has not been directly related to the amount of sun, uh, sun that you've received over your lifetime so much as the gravity or magnitude of the sunburns that you've received early in life. So as a young person, you know, um, kid, youth, up to the age of 20, if you've gotten what is, what's they describe as more than five super painful, blistering sunburns that increases your risk of melanoma. But otherwise, melanoma is kind of funky. It's kind of weird. It's not just standard. You get a bunch of sun over the years and you're at risk. That's more common with basal cell and squamous cell, but melanoma can be pretty funky that way. In fact, you can even get it in places that you never had sun exposure, like the bottom of your feet, for example, or you know, just, just weird places that you wouldn't even think of that aren't sun exposed. So it's not always in those sun exposed area, which is almost universal for the basal cell and the squamous cell, but it can be really anywhere. And it's also can be related to your family history. So certainly if you have family members, close relatives, what they call first degree relatives, your parents, your siblings, that sort of thing, you want to be um, extra cautious about melanoma if you have that in your family. And we're going to talk about some things you can do. Number one is you definitely want to avoid those nasty, bad sunburns. Like don't get them. They suck. They're painful. And they can increase your risk of not only melanoma if it happens early in your life, but all the usual skin cancers that are out there that are common, basal cell and squamous cell. But I don't want to scare you. Like, you don't want to get no sun because sun is awesome. You feel good. Everybody likes a little sunshine and it produces the vitamin D. But what's interesting is you don't need a lot, 10 to 15 minutes of sun exposure, especially if you 
do what I do. Like I'll go for a walk on the beach or something. I'll take my shirt off for 10 to 15 minutes, but I'll, I'll carry my shirt with me. So if I go for half an hour walk or an hour walk or whatever, after about 15 minutes or so, I put my shirt back on. <laughs> so I get, my, I get my dose, which is helpful for vitamin D, but I'm not overdoing it. I'm not getting a sunburn. In fact, I just spent um, a week in Mexico where it's closer to the equator than I am currently, and it was super hot. It was super sunny. Spent an entire week there, and I didn't get anything of a sunburn. And I did all kinds of stuff outside. I was on boats. I was on, you know, little miniature sailboats, you know, the Hobie Cat. I was, I was doing all kinds of stuff, swimming. I was at the pool, going for walks on the beach with my wife. And I didn't get any of a sunburn because I was cautious about this thing. You know, I'd carry my shirt with me if I was walking on the beach, and i put it back on after half of the walk or if I was out in the water a prolonged period of time, I would have a rash guard on that's black, which is like pretty much impermeable to sun rays. I'd wear my hat. I'd wear sunglasses outside. So I was prepared and it worked. I actually didn't get any of a sunburn and I was literally a week in Mexico and outdoors from, you know, sun up to sundown pretty much. And I didn't get a sunburn at all, which was awesome. And I didn't even use sunscreen, like nothing, zero zilch sunscreen. And that's, you know, one thing I, I, I want to talk about a little bit later in the show is what was up with that. How could I not get a sunburn being outside that many hours? And it's two things. <laughs> One is it's wearing things like a hat, wearing shirts, rash guards, things like that. You know, that sort of, um, you know, absolute block, you know, that physical barrier, if you will. But also it has something to do, which is super interesting, and this is not that well known, and it's somewhat new and cutting edge, but it's related to the propensity of an individual to have inflammation. And we've talked about inflammation in previous podcasts as sort of being this um, universal risk factor for all illness and also the universal risk factor for ongoing chronic illnesses and something we want to avoid, right? I talked about this thing called the ESR or the CRP, these are just uh, laboratory values that measure inflammation. Probably the most sensitive or the one that picks up almost any and all inflammation is the thing called CRP, which is C-reactive protein. C as in cat, reactive protein, CRP. And then the highly sensitive one, this is the one that they're testing nowadays to check your risk for heart disease and other inflammatory illnesses, which it's super good at detecting the possibility. It's not specific. In other words, just because yours is elevated, it doesn't tell you why it's elevated, but it certainly tells you there is inflammation going on. And I had mine checked. Um, it's been several months now, but it was basically near undetectable. I mean, it was at the very lower limits of the test. It was less than one. It was super low, which was awesome because that means I'm healthy. I don't have chronic inflammation. I'm not at risk uh, or any significant risk for heart disease and that made me feel good. You know, I'm coming up on 50 and I'm healthy and I have very little inflammation. It also means I don't likely have insulin resistance. Typically, you'll have some inflammation going on. I, I did check my fasting insulin levels, which were less than two, you know, uh, international units, which is super low. You know, the cutoff, they say for normal is like nine, which is kind of ridiculous because they do that because, you know, that's just the average number amongst all people. But the majority of people out there, almost 9 out of 10, have insulin resistance. So that's not a very good threshold. I would say you should strive to have your fasting insulin less than 5. If you can get it to 3 or less, even better. That means you do have metabolic 
flexibility and you don't have insulin resistance and you're in the top, you know, 8% of people around the world of health, metabolic health, you know, because literally um, those that have insulin resistance make up about 88%. So, so try to get your fasting insulin checked. Try to get your highly sensitive C-reactive protein checked. If you can't convince your own doctor to do it because they think that you're otherwise healthy and your fasting glucose has been normal, ask them a second time. And if they say no, either consider getting a new doctor because that's just lame because these are really important tests to check for insulin resistance and ongoing inflammation, which can put your risk for all sorts of illnesses. You can also do some send-in blood work um, if you want to know, there's a couple of companies that um, are respected and I can uh, I give them to you. I'm not trying to promote any of them, but you can reach out to me, email me, Modern Medicine Movement Podcast at Gmail. I'll be happy to shout you out a couple of these that you can just send in your blood. Um, they send out a kit for you. It's actually super simple and you can get these tests on yourself if you can't get your doctor to do it. Anyway, I digress, but I just wanted to kind of mention those um, blood work that's super important to check fasting insulin and the um, highly sensitive or HSCRP, highly sensitive CRP, because they're measures of ongoing inflammation and potential for chronic illnesses. And with respect to sunburn, if you have elevated inflammatory levels like the CRP, this highly sensitive CRP or C-reactive protein, that's going to put you at higher risk of developing a sunburn. And because my levels are so low, even though I spent tons of hours in the sun, I didn't get anything of a sunburn, which is probably related to my very low propensity towards inflammation, which is related to the diet, what I eat, right? I'm not on a diet, of course, but it's related to what I put in my body. And so what's interesting is recent um, studies and experience um, with inflammation has shown that one of the most harmful things out there, the inflammatory effects of this substance can really put us at risk for ongoing chronic diseases and, and inflammation is something called the seed oils. And I've talked about this kind of at length and ad nauseum and other podcasts, but these include anything that's vegetable oil pretty much for the most part, right? Things like cottonseed oil, you know, grapeseed oil, rapeseed oil, canola oil, soybean oil, sunflower oil, safflower oil, rice bran oil, all these things are super duper inflammatory. They're high in what's called the omega-6 fatty acids. So they are PUFAs, which is polyunsaturated fatty acids. And I hate to say it, but <laughs> they're super cheap, right? Because they're made in these industrialized, super you know, large factory kind of scenarios. It's super disgusting how they make them because they have to use these high heat processes, high pressure. They have to, generally speaking, bleach them out to make them palatable and get rid of the nasty color. They often use other, you know, super harmful chemicals like terpenes, benzenes, um, and things like that that are, are used to kind of, quote unquote, you know, um, get the impurities out and so on. But they're super, super nasty chemicals. And they're using high heat, high pressure, and like I said, most of them are bleached out at the end of it. That's how you get this super clear looking, you know, Wesson oil or vegetable oil or canola oil, sunflower, safflower oil. When you buy it in the supermarket or Costco, you can get like a gallon of this stuff for just a couple of bucks. And anything that's that cheap, um, it's not likely to be healthy. And I hate to say it that way, but, you know, if you get ultra high quality, just pressed or squeezed, you know, pressed 
um, high quality, you know, extra, extra virgin olive oil that's not adulterated with some of these seed oils, which some of them tend to be, it's going to be not only much better for you, it'll also be packaged, of course, in a dark glass container, hopefully, because this is photosensitive. It's not processed under high pressure. You don't want to get the process type. You really just want it to be pressed. And that high quality extra virgin olive oil is like 10 or more times the price of these crappy seed oils. And so I would always encourage you to get the non-seed oils, which come from, you know, um, just the pressing of fruits like olive, avocado, and coconut, for example, um, not the highly processed seed oil. So try to avoid the seed oils and get coconut oil, olive oil, extra virgin, and pressed um, avocado oil as well. And those will be much healthier for you because they do not cause the significant inflammation that the seed oils do. And so when you consume the seed oils, which are found in almost everything out there that has a label on it, that's packaged, that has a bar or code or UPC code, those things almost always have a seed oil. Look for soybean oil, safflower oil, sunflower oil, vegetable oil, any of these things. Even if it says organic sunflower oil, organic safflower oil, organic canola oil, that doesn't matter. They are still seed oils. They are still crap. Try to avoid them like the plague. They will cause inflammation. They will increase your risk for chronic disease, insulin resistance, and believe it or not, sunburn, which is not surprising because they are pro-inflammatory. So that was my little revelation that I used to get a sunburn quite easily because I'm a super fair-skinned dude. Like I literally am, you know, I'm blonde. I got white hair, you know, um, and super light-colored skin, but I live in Hawaii. I also spend time in Utah, Florida, other tropical places, and I'm exposed to the sun like crazy, and I literally never get a sunburn even though I don't use any sunscreen because I'm smart about my exposure. I wear a hat. I wear clothing unless I'm just going for a quick walk and I take my shirt off for my vitamin D little session, but I also don't have these seed oils in my diet. And so because of that, I don't have a lot of inflammation going on in my body. And, and so I'm not getting sunburned either, which is super cool. Now that doesn't mean that we shouldn't use sunscreen. I'm going to talk about sunscreen a bit because I think it's a very misunderstood <laughs> practice and also a product out there and there's definitely some that are better than others some that are safer than others some that work better than others etc so we're going to talk about it because why not the elephants in the room already let's just expose it and let's talk about it so um, first and foremost when you get exposed to sunshine just be smart about it you know limit your exposure especially during the middle of the day use some physical protection like a hat like a shirt like a rash guard what have you and if you're purposefully trying to get your vitamin d exposure just limit that to about 10 or 15 minutes at a time because then you're not going to get sunburn you know it takes about half the amount of time that you would typically get a sunburn in like if it's 30 minutes for you to get a sunburn then about half that about 15 minutes is more than sufficient for you to get the vitamin d production which will be helpful for your health and also hey it's awesome to be outside in the sunshine and you get to see um, you get to see all sorts of, you know, colorful things during the daylight that you just can't see at night, you know. Um, I personally enjoy mostly the hours right at sunrise and sunset because you don't have to worry about sunburn. You can spend as long as you want nearly outside, and you're not at risk for sunburn. You're also getting the light rays that are in that sort of red spectrum, um, and infrared spectrum that are super healthful for you that you can 
get all kinds of beneficial properties. I talked about that recently this week in a quick little live I did, and I don't have time to get into the detail there, but the studies show that those hours sort of with sunrise and sunset, um, because of the wavelength of light that's out there in the red and infrared, it's super healthful and just awesome for your body. That's why these sort of infrared saunas are getting popular, you know, because there's benefit to these infrared wavelengths of light, et cetera, et cetera. But they are available for free. You don't have to go out there and buy an infrared sauna. You can just go outside in the morning and also towards the evening at sunset, and you can get exposed to those awesome um, light rays that are in the spectrum that are helpful for you. So anyway, um, use common sense. Firstly, you know, as it was said, right, by Hippocrates way back when, do no harm. I believe that with just every fiber right in here is just try to do no harm to others and to yourself. So limit your exposure, wear a hat, wear a rash guard, wear a shirt, sunscreen, whatever it is to protect yourself and just be smart. Don't spend all day in the sun. But if you have to, you know, be smart about it. Like when I was in Mexico last week, there were dudes literally that were outside all day working that I saw, you know, kind of interesting jobs that some of them had literally was cleaning up seaweed off the beach because they figured the tourists and things wouldn't like to see it out there because it would be in piles, whatever. These guys were out from sunup till sundown, you know, raking up and removing the seaweed, but they were fully covered head to toe. They had hats on, they had long sleeve shirts on, long pants. And if I were out there like them, I would have been doing the same thing. I mean, that was actually smart of them to do that, to avoid this, um, crazy, you know, ultraviolet, potentially damaging radiation that they were getting, you know, like 12 hours a day. So number one, protect yourself, be smart, do no harm. Okay. <laughs> Gear up, wear your hat, wear your, wear your shirt, your, your shorts, whatever. And if you want to get your vitamin D, you know, do it for 10 to 15 minutes and call it good. Put your shirt back on. But, but if you want to get or need to get longer sun exposure than that, and you don't have a hat or things like that, sunscreen is certainly something that I would recommend but beware of the potential problems with sunscreen. A great place um, that I always like to check um, products, especially things like sunscreen, skincare products, etc., is this site called E, as in Eric, W, um, as in white, G, as in green, EWG.org. It's the Environmental Awareness Group, um, and they have lots of cool information. Um, in fact, I'm going to pull up something from their site here because uh, I don't know what I said. I think it's Environmental Working Group. But anyway, ewg.org. And they have a whole section. You can download it for free on sunscreens. I found it fascinating because they you can basically find the sunscreen that you use, see if it's safe or not. But the governing principles there are literally that there are only – in the U.S., for the most part, two main um, types of sunscreen that are deemed safe, and um, these are things with zinc and titanium. Those are sort of a, a physical barrier, um, which I think that um, you know we should pay attention to because if you're not wearing basically a hat, a shirt, a rash guard, or whatever, you want to have some kind of barrier from the sun. And the two safest ingredients that will provide that barrier, this is sort of the physical barrier are zinc and titanium, and they also are not shown to cause significant harm, you know. Traditionally, a lot of other things have been used which uh, are not so awesome, and um, these would be considered, uh, instead of a physical barrier, more of a sort of a chemical uh, sunscreen, and they, they can have things that um, might prevent you from sunburn, but 
they can get absorbed into your body. They can soak up into the skin and they cause sort of a chemical barrier, things like oxybenzone, for example, which might prevent sunburn, but they can cause endocrine disruption. Um, there's a whole series of um, articles that I've read on this, and it's, it's kind of a, it's, it's a lengthy discussion, but I would personally try to avoid products that have this in them. And unfortunately, you can still get them. <laughs> and in Hawaii, they actually banned it. Um, sadly, not for human purposes, which it's actually harmful to humans, but it's also harmful to uh, coral reefs. So, so it was kind of interesting because the oxybenzone um, is something that can get absorbed into your skin and not be awesome for you, but it also can uh, bleach out the coral reefs. So you want to kind of avoid, um, avoid it. Um, because uh, <laughs> it's not good for you. It's not good for the coral reefs. I'm heading out to Hawaii uh, next week, and I'm certainly not going to be using any oxybenzone because of that, because of the reef damage, but because primarily for me, I'm going to protect numero uno by not putting it on my skin because it's more of a chemical barrier and it can cause endocrine disruption um, in similar ways that other substances affect the hormones such as estrogen, testosterone, etc., and they mess with you. They're not good. Um, and I'm not going to get into details about that, but try to avoid it. Oxybenzone, okay? If it's not good for the reef, it's probably not good for you. So physical barriers, number one, hat, shirt, rash guard, whatever. But if you're going to use sunscreen, make sure it has either titanium or zinc. They tend to be the safest and the most effective physical barrier sunscreens. And they provide UVA and UVB protection. But I would caution you to avoid certain formulations because uh, right now these days, a lot of them use this thing called nanoparticles, which are those super tiny, tiny particles. And they um, manufacture or make these sunscreens and these super tiny particles, which can um, get absorbed into your lungs, for example, if you use it as a spray, like an aerosol spray or that powder. I've seen, you know, uh, recent sunscreens marketed in a powder because it's not messy, it's not oily. But if you inhale or breathe this stuff, it's potentially going to be damaging to your lungs. So try to avoid, if you can, the aerosolized versions, the nanoparticle versions, and the powder versions of both zinc and titanium and really any other sunscreen because you don't want to be breathing this crap, you know? And if you're going to spray it, if you're going to use it, please do it outside. Don't do it inside. So you got to breathe that in your house. Like, holy crap, guys. I've seen people do that, and it's just... It's beyond me why you would do that. I mean, you don't want this crap in your lungs. So spray it outdoors if you do it, but I would just avoid the sprays at all. I know it's convenient, especially for kids, you know, quick spray, but we've kind of stopped using those. I buy only um, the zinc and titanium creams because I know that my kids are not breathing them. I know that I'm not breathing them. And actually for kids primarily, um, super important, right? You don't want these bad sunburns for them to have in their youthful years before the age of 20 because that's going to put them at risk for the, the worst type of skin cancer, which is mel melanoma, right? Um, it's related to those bad sunburns that you get as a kid. So my kids, I just gown them up, right? I put the long sleeve rash guards on them. You know, my younger kids, like they all had these like jumpsuit things that literally were awesome because they could spend time out in the sun and not get any kind of sunburn because literally they were like wearing a Lycra wetsuit. I mean, they were like head to toe, um, SPF 100 plus, right? Because they're a physical barrier and they were awesome. I also put hats on my kids. Um, I do put sunscreen on them. 
Myself, personally, I just like to wear a hat, but it's hard to keep a hat on kids, so I definitely put sunscreen on them that are zinc and titanium, and they don't contain oxybenzone. They're PABA-free, of course, P-A-B-A-free. And if you want to know if they're good or not, this uh, environmental working group, EWG.org, is awesome for both sunscreens, for skin lotions, skin creams, etc. Just really provide a lot of good information, and so I'd highly recommend it. And like I said, if it's killing the coral reef, it's probably not good for you. So avoid the oxybenzone. Um, let's talk about a little bit just about um, sunburn because sunburn is what we're trying to avoid, right? And it's caused mostly by UVA and UVB. Fortunately, the UVC, ultraviolet light C, is typically um, absorbed by just our atmosphere. So we usually don't have to worry about that. But UVA and UVB are definitely ones that we want to avoid because not only will they cause um, sunburn, but they're going to cause potential for skin cancer, especially directly related to exposure history like in basal cell, squamous cell cancers. Melanoma is a little bit sporadic, as I talked about, so it's a little bit different, but certainly you want to avoid those bad sunburns in your youth. Um, What's kind of interesting is that um, these other cancers, um, excuse me, not melanoma, but um, the uh, squamous cell and basal cell, basal cell being the most common, fortunately, it's also the most benign. It tends not to get invasive, tends not to metastasize like squamous cell does. But because they're related to really a lifetime exposure to the sun, you just want to be careful if you spend a lot of time in the sun, like I do, right? You want to wear your hat, you want to wear your rash guard, that sort of thing, because none of us want cancer, right? So if you're getting a sunburn, which is painful, it's red, it might be swollen a little bit, it's irritated, feels hot to the touch, you're overdoing it. You should try to not get a sunburn. Sunburns are not awesome because they're painful, right? Number one, I I see people like this in the ER on occasion because it just really hurts. So you want to avoid it for that. But also, um, this can cause in the short term, not only pain, but can cause dehydration, obviously, uh, systemic inflammation. Um, But long term effects are not only potential for the popular or, or common, I should say, types of cancer like basal cell and squamous cell, but they can cause premature wrinkling and aging of the skin. You know, the so-called sun worshipers or the sun bakers, <laughs> those that go sun baking, like in Australia, they call this sun baking, right? You can look at somebody that's gotten lots of skin uh, skin exposure, lots of sun exposure um, over the years, and they just look like they got leathery, wrinkled skin. And that's because of this ultraviolet A and B radiation. They're not wearing their hats. They're not using appropriate sunscreen, whatever it is. And they are at increased risk for um, not only the skin damage and just looking older than you are, but also (laughs) skin cancers of the basal cell and squamous cell variety. So you don't want that. Nobody wants to look older than they are, right? I I think I'm doing okay. I mean, I'm coming up on 50 and I'm usually accused of being too young to be a doctor. I, I just freaking love that. You can tell me that as much as you want. I've been over 20 years in medicine. And sometimes I get told I look too young to be a doctor. And hey, I'm all about that. You know, I do have some wrinkles, um, probably from just lots of hours surfing and squinting, but um, I'm told not that many for somebody who's 50. So I think that's not only related to, you know, good aggressive sun protection with the hat and sunscreen and things like that, but also um, just healthy habits, right? Other things that tend to increase risk of uh, wrinkling are things like smoking, uh, alcohol use. These can also increase your risk of skin cancer as well because they cause damage to DNA, which is what the sun does as well. We want to limit the damage to our DNA, right? 
We want to keep our DNA healthy, keep those telomeres, you know, um, nice and long and not unraveling. And we can do that through proper sun protection, the good high quality sunscreens. And like I said, if you go to this ewg.org site, you can get a whole list of those that are good. You can also kind of rate your own that you have. But I would recommend, of course, first and foremost, using something that's natural, something that's not full of 30 or 40 chemicals. Like the good stuff has either titanium or zinc, not in the nanoparticle, not in a spray, not in a powder, but in a cream. It works really well. And also, um, it shouldn't have a whole bunch of ingredients. You know, hopefully shoot for about 10 or less. But but look at them carefully. Make sure it doesn't have oxybenzone. Make sure it doesn't have PABA. Make sure it doesn't have any of these bad chemicals. And if you research it up on the EWG.org, that's an awesome site. has lots of information because you don't want to put something on your body that's toxic, right? And there are sunscreens out there, I hate to say it, that are toxic. Like I said, this oxybenzone, which has been banned in a lot of places, uh, including Hawaii, but not in the mainland USA. And it's not good for you. It's an endocrine disruptor. It gets soaked right in through your skin and into your blood, and it can cause hormonal problems. It's, it's not awesome stuff, and most of us don't even know about it. So if you, if you look at your sunscreen, it does have oxybenzone, like eliminate it, toss it, throw it in the garbage. And also, I wouldn't be using these sprays, especially these aerosolized ones, because if they get in your lungs, that is not good. That is not good. And the big, I think, revelation for a lot of you guys is just decrease your systemic inflammation. So stay away from those nasty seed oils, because not only will they make you more at risk for lots of chronic disease possibilities, as well as um, heart disease, cancer, and skin cancer, and, and sunburn, really. They can cause you to have increased propensity or chances of getting sunburn if you're eating things that are seed oil. So anyway, I don't want to belabor this. I know I'm kind of kind of rambling a little bit with uh, all this about the seed oils, which I've talked about ad nauseum, but, but we just have to eliminate them. It's really that simple. I just think that this is one of the top things to do to get healthy is get rid of the seed oils. And they are pervasive, and they are in almost every salad dressing out there. Almost every time you go out and eat and you get fried food of any kind, they're almost always using the seed oils because they are dirt cheap, right? They're trying to save money. They're trying to increase their profit margin, which is not going to be healthy for you. So I try to avoid um, fried foods. And if you do have anything fried, fry it yourself in coconut oil, for example, because that's not going to have these seed oils in them. I mean, I just don't eat really anything fried anyway, but if I did, it would be with coconut oil, um, possibly avocado oil. Try not to fry things in olive oil because it's more heat labile. You're not really supposed to bring olive oil to high heat. This denatures and gets potential free radicals in there. So avocado and coconut oil can be uh, cooked at a higher temperature. But just, you know, for the most part, try to avoid fried food if you can. Once in a while, I get it, um, but just don't make it a habit. And uh, first and foremost, be smart. Do no harm. Get some sun protection. I like the physical barriers because then I don't have to worry about slathering a bunch of sunscreen on my body. But um, a safe sunscreen can be found. They are available. There's a couple brands that I use. You can reach out to me, email me. I can tell you what I use, Modern Medicine Movement Podcast at Gmail. Also, please, please, please um, avail yourself of that website, which is awesome, ewg.org. They have lots of cool stuff on there. I mean, a rule of thumb for a lot of skin products really is if you can't eat it because it has so many harmful chemicals, you probably shouldn't put it on your skin because your skin is a delivery method for all those chemicals. Like, it makes 
you know, direct access into our body, into our blood through the skin, right? That's why they have transdermal patches, transdermal, you know, things that you put on your skin to get into your body, right? Because it's lots of surface area. It can be absorbed quickly. And you don't want a bunch of harmful chemicals being rubbed on your body in the form of sunscreen, lotions, makeup, whatever. You want them to be not only environmentally safe, but you want it to be people safe, right? And like I said, the EWG.org is an awesome website for this. You can find out if your skin products, cosmetic products, sunscreens are dangerous or not on this site. So that's all I have for you for today. I hope that's helpful. Um, if you have questions, feel free to uh, email them to me, Modern Medicine Movement Podcast at Gmail. Reach out to me. Sign up for my free Facebook group. Um, let me know by email if you're interested in my monthly group, Awesomeness. It's going to be rad. We're going to do live Zoom calls with just you, nobody else. And you can ask me questions. We'll get down and dirty twice a month. We'll also have um, weekly office hours. I'll do lots of posts with super awesome information. And this is for you guys. I have a super you know, accessible, you know, group, which will be super inexpensive so that we can open it up to masses, a super low price, right? $27 a month. So uh, tell your friends, family, all those that might be interested. I'd love to see you there. Email me at Modern Medicine Movement Podcast and uh, we'll let you know firstly, and it'll be awesome. So anyway, um, big aloha. Love you guys. It's been so awesome to share this episode with you about things that I care about so much. It's vitamin D and the sun in good, safe amounts. So a big aloha.